Peter Heaton this morning on the great south coast today and uh, we had some visitors to the Warrnambool area and the south coast area earlier in the week. Matthew Guy, the leader of the Victorian Liberal Party uh, and also the leader of the state opposition and accompanying him was Roma Britnell, our a Liberal member for the south west coast and this is what they had to say on Tuesday this week. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning, Peter. How are you going? Good, thanks. Welcome to Warrnambool. Thank you. And good morning to you, Roma. Good morning, Peter. Last time I saw you, Roma, were at the May races having a <laughs> wonderful time. We did have a lovely day. A great event for Warrnambool, wasn't it? It's a great event. Record crowds, beautiful weather, held off nicely. Yeah, unlike this week, it's been, <laughs> we were lucky. Now, firstly, Matthew, I know there's a state election coming up in November, November 26, I think it is. That's right. But firstly, for people of the Great South Coast, tell us about Matthew Guy. Grew up in Melbourne. Uh, not far from where I did, actually, in Eltham, uh, and then you rise into politics. Tell us about that. Well, I did grow up, uh, I spent all my life in Melbourne, actually, and um, I don't live far from where I did grow up. I live in Templestowe. My electorate is on the other side of the river to Eltham and Montmorency, where I grew up. Uh, I've got three boys. They're nine, uh, nine, 11, and 13. You know, my 13 year old's going on 35, as most do at that, <laughs> that attitude and age. Um, and I joined the Liberal Party when I was 16, which is, I know it's very early. I remember telling my parents I joined politics, joined the Liberal Party. They looked at me uh, most strangely that I would get involved. Why in. would you do that? <laughs> it was a bit like that. Um, but I've been involved ever since, and I've loved it. You meet so many people, you can see so many different things. Um, you know, even sitting here today, I mean, it's just, it's so, it's fascinating. You know, you, you just do so many different things in that career, and and so I've appreciated every minute of it. Yeah. And what, you've also worked in the Victorian Farmers Federation. I have. I worked for the Farmers Federation, the Securities and Investments Commission. Uh, I used to pump petrol at Mobile in Montmorency when I was younger and worked at Meyer selling suits and ties, which is interesting because I'm colourblind. Um, so yeah. there's probably some guys walking around Doncaster with very mixed mash shirt and tie combinations, <laughs> courtesy of me, but that was 20 years or 30 years ago. Yeah. So Matthew, like to get into politics, you must have been interested in that, that area. So what's important to you for, for, as a leader uh, of a political party? Well, I want to see our state prosper. I want to see our state do well. I want to be the premier that actually sees Victoria decentralised once and for all, that grows a state of cities and not a city state. I want to see Victoria actually become the best. Yeah, I'm passionate about our state. This is where I'm from. This is where my kids have been raised, where my wife and I were both born and raised. So we want to see our state do well. Um, I, I just Everywhere I go around Victoria, I, I'm proud of my state. I love this state. I, you'll walk around every town. I love walking. So last night we finished our function at 10 and I went walking for about 90 minutes. Uh, just around the city looking, just go street to street and see different parts of the state. Yeah. It is fascinating. I just love every bit of it. Excellent. Roma Britnell here is joining us this morning as well. Member, Roma's our member for South West Coast and very vocal in our area, Matthew. Roma, uh, She's the, very vocal in Parliament uh, too, I've got to tell <laughs> you. Roma, a uh, couple of issues here locally that, that I know you've been pushing forward. Number one, the surf club, the redevelopment of the surf club. Dan Tian uh, made a, a election promise of $6 million if they were elected. Unfortunately, from his point of view, they didn't weren't successful. What's the situation there? Well, the surf clubs are really important. Um uh, asset for our region because it houses the emergency services who look after us when we've got our beautiful summers and swimming in the ocean and I love our swimming in the ocean so it's fantastic that um, I'm here today with Matthew to our announce that we if we're elected in November will build it it's something that we should 
we should make sure our volunteers are looked after and these guys get out there and they train and they and they encourage the community to um, to get out and be healthy so it's really important and not only that no one's ever put any money into the surf club the community built that but it's past its time you know we need change rooms for women we need the trainees who are being able to get skilled up have a facility to do that so what you're telling me this morning, Matthew and Roman, is that if you are elected November the 26th, you will fund the redevelopment of Surf Club. That's it. To the extent, I think it's $12 million. $12 million. That's it. That's terrific news. Spot on. Well done. Uh, and Matthew, how, how does, how does Roma go about getting that money from the government? Does she have to present to the to the cabinet? or no, How does no. that work? Well, she'll be in the cabinet, <laughs> but so she'll be there making the, the point from the cabinet room. But the most important thing is we've made that commitment and I intend to keep them. We're not making commitments we can't keep or won't keep. Our fund, our uh, policies are fully costed and will be fully funded. So we're not coming into government like uh, an independent where things are just made up on the spot or the Labor Party where things go unfunded. You know, we have a whole history in our party of fully funding, fully costing what we say we're going to do at an election. And well, this is one of those things we will do. Yeah, I think that's pretty big because I do know, talking to the Surf Club guys, they were expecting that they were going to go to the public for a fundraising effort as well. So you're going to fund the whole lot. That's Well, if, if the Labor government get returned, to be frank, they'll probably have to do that because they won't fund it. Um, and, and, you know, to be as frank as I can, that's one of the reasons why we think these clubs need a hand up. I mean, I, I see a lot of money going to clubs in marginal electorates in Melbourne. I don't see much coming to my seat or Roma's seat or, you know, place in the western suburbs of Melbourne, um, which are taken for granted or ignored by the Labor government. That's not a way to run a state. You've got mm. to run it fairly for everyone. Yeah. That's what we believe in. We're on need, uh, not just, you know, as the Labor government does on and what their whim of the day. I oh, know you've got some other announcements to make, but just go back to the federal election and the, and the result for the independent candidates here. Roma, how do you see that affecting from a state, or Matthew, from a state point of view? Well, let me be clear about independent candidates. I've seen independent candidates like uh, some in the northeast of Victoria promise upgrades to the Melbourne-Sydney rail line and never achieve it. Promise to get Snowy River flows back beyond 40% and never achieve it. Promise like the current member for Mildura to get the railway line back and hospital upgrades and never achieve it. So independents might seem like a, a flash idea at the time, but they don't get the results they promise because they're not part of a team. You need to be part of a team. Mm. And being part of a team means that you have a team that governs for the whole state and you get the, the upgrades for community by arguing on merit in part of a, a group and a team. And that is what our team wants to do. Peter, did you notice the announcement about 25% of the capital spend in Victoria with us in government will go to regional Victoria because that's where 25% of the population is? We're not seeing that and we haven't been seeing that while we've had a state Labor government for almost two decades. So Matthew's here to make announcements about tired um, pieces of infrastructure because that will fit under that, but also our roads, our rail. That's why they have deteriorated under the state Labor government and we won't do that. For areas there, that's the regional infrastructure fund that that's that right. you're talking about, the foreshore funding, the rail uh, pledge that I think you... Look, at. look, at the moment, around 6% of major funding is being given to regional Victoria from the current government. 6%, there's a quarter of the population outside of Melbourne. 6% is is woefully inadequate, particularly when you look at the state of roads in southwest Victoria. Oh, every time I come down the southwest, people say we are sick of having to make the case to upgrade our roads. I mean, it's not out of want, it's out of necessity. That's one of the reasons, as Roma said, we've made the guarantee on infrastructure funding for population because it's not fair that people in country and regional Victoria live with 
sub-quality infrastructure when in Melbourne, uh, the government announces underground railway, which no one asked for, to the eastern suburbs uh, because the Premier happened to think of this as an idea just before the last election. That's just not how you govern a state. It's not fair. I'm talking to Matthew Guy, the leader of the Victorian Liberal Party in Roma Britnell, a Liberal member for South West Coast. Um, the the state election on November the 26th, yep. what does the Liberal Party have to achieve to, to win the election? Uh, about 17 seats, uh, a swing of about 7%. And uh, it's been done in our time uh, twice before, but from our point of view, it's not about margins. It's about putting your best foot forward. And um, as Roma said, that's one of the reasons we're here in the. Well, I'm here certainly down in the southwest. Roma's in Parliament fighting for the southwest all the time. But it's it's about Mildura, it's about Melbourne, it's about Albury Wodonga, it's about Gippsland, it's about all of us. That's mm. that's why we do our job. We do. And this week sees the start of your 40 uh, day blitz, I think people are calling it. Is that correct? Yeah. There's a bit, bit of bi- biblical implications to all of that. And uh, I, Roma picked me up on that and, and um, uh, made it well known that it was good to start in the Southwest as a result. Well, <laughs> here Roma, we are. Uh, well, that's terrific. Um, a good, terrific announcement, Roma. You'd be really pleased with the. Yes, it'll be a really good precinct with the surf club and, of course, the rock armouring that needs to happen on the breakwater as well. So that's the other $8 So that's $20 million. We haven't seen injections like that announced in our part of the world for a long time from the state, and we certainly need a lot more. We won't be ending it there, and it's not because we're panicking in any way, shape or form. I'm working hard. I've always been passionate about this part of the world. That's why I took on this role. I don't call it a job. I didn't need a job. I didn't want a job. (laughs) I actually think it's a role that we've got to get our fair share. That's why Matthew's here, because he's announcing our fair share for regional Victoria on Saturday and coming to us first. And our roads he knows are bad, and we will fix them. And you can only do that as part of a team. All right. Matthew, tell us about your week. What, what's planned for the week? I know this is Friday morning, but you're talking to you on a <laughs> Tuesday morning. What, what, we, what are you going through today? Well, we've got this week will be um, Warrnambool, Portland, Ballarat, Monbulk, Ivanhoe, uh, my own seat, Boleyn, Doncaster, Eltham. <laughs> There's a few of us, but that's all right. That's the gig, <laughs> and uh, we've got to get around. So we do. All right, Roma, well, thank you for bringing Matthew in this morning. Tell us why people should vote for you in the upcoming state election. Well, I think we've had almost two decades of a state Labor government. At the end of the day, it's time to get our roads fixed. It's time to have a decent rail service. It's time to have the health service back that we once had here in Victoria. And having women having babies on the side of the road is something I don't want to ever see again. It's 1822 stuff, not 2022. So having a strong voice, being from the region... Knowing that we need our fair share, you won't shut me up and I'll get what we need. Well, good on you, Roma. Thanks for um, representing, being a strong voice down at Spring Street. Matthew, thank you for visiting Warrnambool. Thanks for having us here. Go down to the breakwater, have a walk along there and uh, enjoy what's down there because it's certainly true. The Lake Bateau Playground's being done up, Roma, as well. Yes, and that was thanks to our federal member, Dan Tan, put the money in with the council. So, yeah, good job. Mm. All right. Never misses an opportunity, Roma. <laughs> She's very good. <laughs> Matthew, thanks for coming. Thanks Anything else you'd like to share with our no, audience? No, just pleased to be here. Lovely part of the state. You're all very blessed to live in such a beautiful area. So we are. I'm pleased to be here. All right. Enjoy it. Matthew Guy and Roma Britton representing the state Liberal Party. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Peter Heaton on the Great South Coast this morning, and we're talking the Australian Red Cross Lifeblood, Warrnambool. And from their office here, Stephanie Reynolds. Good morning, Steph. Good morning, Peter. Now, Steph, I understand we're in a bit of a dire situation because blood stocks are under pressure in Warrnambool and the South Coast. Can you give us an update on the situation? 
Absolutely. So currently we are seeing a bit of a lull in the blood stocks and appointments have dropped. So in Warrnambool in particular, we need around 100 appointments over the next uh, week to two weeks. And across the country, we're actually looking for an extra 17,500 blood donations. Is, is that due to, I guess, the extra colds and the flus and the, the um, COVID situation, Steph? Would that be correct? That's right. It's What we're seeing is it's a bit of a combination of that, all three. So it's the colds, the flus and the high COVID infections. So people are isolating more, so they're unable to come in. Parents uh, that are donors, their children are sick, so it means that they have to stay home as well. So we're seeing a lot more uh, cancellations and rescheduling of appointments, and some people are just not showing. So it is taking quite a big hit to our blood supplies across the country. And if we don't uh, get the enough um, blood stock supply, what sort of people will be missing out? Like I guess there's a, a variety of um, uses for the blood. Well, there's patients in hospital relying on blood every single day. So it's cancer patients, patients going, undergoing surgery, accidents, complicated births. There's so many patients that rely on blood every single day. However, there's no risk to somebody in an emergency situation that they won't get the blood that they need. And we believe that's because Australians are renowned for rolling up their sleeves and we know that we're confident that this time they'll respond to this call out as well to make sure that our blood supplies are boosted over the coming weeks. Yeah, so the call out is for people that perhaps haven't donated before or if you have to, you know, get back on the on the donation trail and, and give the warnable office a ring and make a booking. That's right. So we're really pleading with anyone that is feeling healthy and well to book a donation. Even encourage your family, your friends to do the same. And if you've never donated before, now's the prime opportunity to make that appointment and come in because we really, really do need you. If I was to uh, ring up, make an appointment, can you take me through what would happen? You know, if I've never done it before, what happens when I walk in the door? So first of all, you'll be greeted by one of our wonderful staff members there in Warrnambool that will be making sure that you have the best experience ever there at your blood donations. So first of all, you complete a questionnaire on one of our iPads that just goes through your health, your lifestyle, medication, health history. From there, you have a one-on-one -on -one health check with one of our nursing staff there. From that point, um, they would deem that you're right to donate there on the day. So after that interview, you go and make your donation. So if it's a whole blood donation, it will only be around five to ten minutes for the donation itself, whereas if you're making a plasma donation, it might be just a little bit longer, say 30 to 45 minutes in the chair there. Following the donation, that you make the best bit of the whole process, which all the donors tell me, is the fact that we give you something to eat and drink after. So for 15 minutes after your donation, we provide you with something delicious to eat and drink. So it might be a uh, party pie, a uh, cake. Um, some, we've got some wonderful slices, a hot drink, a milkshake. So we make sure that you're uh, refueled before you leave the centre. So all up, it takes around one hour to one and a half hours in the centre. Well, that's good. So if, and I would dare say you get a bit of a health check, get your blood pressure done and, and make sure you're in A1 condition to give blood. So that would be um, advantageous in itself. That's right. So we do those health checks there and then with you as well. All right. And what about um, if I, if the number to call for people in Warrnambool and the Great South Coast, can, is it 13 14 95? Is that the number to ring? 
That's correct. So you can call us on that line. And that's also if you've got any questions about it or if you've got, if you're unsure, you want to ask an eligibility question, call that number. We've got somebody on hand to help you answer those questions. Or you can also book online at lifeblood.com.au or download the, um, the free Donate Blood app. And once you've become a donor and you make your donation, on that app you'll see your blood type, you'll be able to change your appointments around as well. So it makes it really easy. I guess a lot of people probably don't know their blood type, so this is a good way of finding that out as well. Yeah, that's correct. So if you don't know your blood type, that's another great thing that you will find out once you've made your first blood donation. All right, Steph Reynolds from the uh, Australian Red Cross Lifeblood Warnable Office. Um, there are patients in hospital right now relying on blood for treatment. So if you're in a position to be able to, to help out your fellow human being, uh, now's the time to do it. Give the uh, Australian Red Cross Lifeblood a call. Warnable, 13 14 95. And Steph and her great team will look after you down there. So thanks, Steph, for joining us this morning and keep up the good work. Thanks, Peter. It's been great to be with you this morning. Peter Heaton on the Great South Coast on this Friday morning, and I'm going to talk travel now with Nick Bolden from Hello World. Morning, Nick. Morning, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming in, Nick. And uh, COVID, two years, three years, it's been a very interesting time in the travel game. Yeah, it's been a fairly long two years. Um, well, like you say, we're into the third year now. It sort of started for us, I guess, in, I reckon it was December 2019, we first started hearing about COVID and started cancelling bookings or stopped taking bookings. And uh, we're still dealing with it today. Yeah. We're still chasing refunds. We've still got credits. It's yeah, it's still a little bit of an ongoing issue, but travel's picked up again and people are starting to travel. So, uh, yeah, there's a light at the end of the uh, tunnel. Well, let's talk about Hello World Travel and a bit of history. Your business been in the town for, I think, 25 years or so. Yeah, this um, is our 25th year tell now. Us the, tell us a bit of the background of Hello World, how you got started and... And a bit of a journey through those 25 years. Yeah, well, I uh, left high school and went and did a travel course and then went straight into travel. Worked for a, what was an iconic brand in Jet Set down in Melbourne. Um, did four or five years down there before I went overseas and uh, thought I'd travel the world and uh, do a little bit of work. But I basically just played cricket and drank beer, which was <laughs> not great. But anyway, and I'm no good at either. Um so then I came back and uh, eventually opened up my own travel agency here in Warrnambool um, on the corner of Ferry and Lava Streets where we've been for 25 years and it was travel land back in those days and it was owned, uh, or I owned the business but the franchise was owned by Ansett. Um, so I had a couple of years trading under travel land which was going really well. It started off, you know, uh, amazing. Ansett was a good product, good brand. Everybody loved it and then they went broke. Mm. So uh, that meant we had to do a change of our franchise. Um, so after a couple of tough months after Ansett went broke, which was three days after September 11, um, we became Jet Set. Um, so we, we stayed with the Jet Set brand for, I'm not sure now, maybe 10 years or so. And then we became um, Hello World, which was the merger of Jet Set, Harvey World, um, Travel World and Travel Scene. So yeah, with the Hello World brand, it's been an excellent brand. We uh, That was in 2014 up until currently and pretty much every year our business grew and more and more people travelled overseas and within Australia and cruising became a huge product and... Uh, then in 2020, as everybody knows, that uh, COVID struck us down. Well, you had, uh, at the height of your travel, over five staff working for you. Yeah, had five staff. And look, I dodged a bullet in the finish. Um, I'd set you know a fair bit of money aside to renovate the office. I was going to uh, um, 
you know, give it a bit of a touch up. And I was trying to get another staff member. So I was about to spend a fair bit more money on the business um, because we were just that busy and, and could see room for growth. And for some reason, I was a little bit behind in my plans and I'd only spent about $8,000 on, on the back office and hadn't finished the rest when COVID hit. So I, I put the brakes on that, which was good because it probably saved me seventy or 80000 on the office. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, needless to say, we've gone from uh, the five of us there to uh, it's myself and Nicole now. And Nicole's, um, you know, mother, she's been fantastic and she just works school hours. So she works till three o'clock each day. Take us back to the when COVID hit. I know a lot of businesses thought that's the end of the world. What's going to happen here? Travel would be the most, I would think, would think the business hit the hardest um, due to COVID with, its, with no travel. Yeah, look, it's. I get embarrassed sometimes talking about it because you, you don't want to compare who's been the worst mm. affected. But um, certainly, f- from a travel point of view, we didn't just lose new business. We, we had to undo bookings we'd been working on for six or twelve months, and in many cases, we had to refund them and 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 reverse commission. So we had months there where, you know, we didn't go. We didn't like our best month. We might have a hundred thousand dollars income, and then we had months following COVID coming along where we were minus income. We weren't just, you know, a downturn of, of 90% or anything. We were down 120%. Mm. Um, so I don't know that other businesses quite suffered in that vein. You know, I understand that everyone's got different overheads, so ours were probably not as high as other businesses. But, yeah, certainly the travel industry. Um, and, and we still worked a lot of hours. And, you know, to, to make a booking for somebody is probably nowhere near as long as cancelling a booking. Yes. Um, if we have to call a supplier, um, lodge a refund, that type of process, they can take months to come through, and it's quite frustrating. I, I do have to say that our clients throughout the whole time have been unbelievable. We had... Oh, I, I couldn't reel off how many people, but the, the special comments, the gifts, the, the people calling in just to wish us well and be on our side, and I didn't have one single client yell at us because their money was tied up with a with an airline and taking too long to come back everybody was amazing so the support and uh everything from clients and people just ringing to check up on myself and the and the girls it was yeah it was very touching yeah absolutely yeah well i guess every business has changed due to covid your business hello world uh, is changing i was actually driving around town last sunday and i saw you up the ladder and the hello world signs coming off the building and i thought i better ring nick and see what's going on there and you're changing your business model to suit the situation we're into. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. So what's happened is obviously we're, we're short-staffed on where we were before and travel has made a big comeback. It, it's, you know, there's a lot of people, initially people were travelling, uh, booking travel to, to catch up with family and friends they hadn't seen for two, three, four or five years. But now people are wanting to do holidays again from cruises to tours to river cruises, whatever it might be. And now it's just myself and Nicole. We're still dealing with refunds and credits, but we're also dealing with new bookings. And, and the airlines, you know, nearly every booking we make, they do a time change. So we've got all these uh, new bookings, which is great, but everything is taking so much more time. So we probably can't fit in our day and be efficient as we want to be. So therefore, clients are coming in to see us, ringing us, and we can't keep up, which is a good problem compared to having no business. But it's also bad when you intend to do a job for a client and you can't get it done that day because there's been six time changes on flights happening in the next week. And then you go the next day to do the same thing and it happens again. So what we've done is we've actually moved the office. So um, during COVID, uh, 
I was probably lucky and fortunate that our property boomed in price. We had my home, um, myself and my wife lived in Bushfield with the kids. And so we've actually sold our house and we've bought a business out at Tower Hill called Harmony at Tower Hill, which is six accommodation rooms on the corner of Lakeview Road and, and Princess Highway. It's the old school portables, if people know it. And, uh, you know, so we've put a bit of investment in that to try and, I guess, recap a bit of lost money and, you know, give us a future um, However, I'm still doing the travel agency, of course. You can't just shut a travel agency, nor do I want to. But So what we've done is we've moved the office out to Tower Hill. Now, it's going to have some teething problems um, because people are used to being able to just call in off the street and say day, pick up their tickets, make payment, whatever the reason coming in is. We've stopped that for the time being just so we can get in control of our workload. Mm. Like if, if I've got an urgent booking to do and three people walk through the door, I'm sort of stranded not knowing, you know, people don't like to be told you're too busy to help them, but that is sometimes the reality. So um, we've, we've yeah, moved the office out to Harmony at Tower Hill. Um, we're trying to instigate where people have to phone and email us and then we'll ring them back or whatever and, we'll, you know, I'm going to deliver some tickets this afternoon, that type of thing. Um, in the coming weeks, I'll, I'll do up one of the uh, offices out there that we can, you know, potentially see customers on an appointment basis. But it just gives us a chance to control our day and... Um, give a better service to our clients rather than be chasing our tail all the time. Oh, I think it's credit to you that you looked at what's happened and you've changed the business model to suit um, and, and deliver the service that you want to deliver. Yeah, so it's still a little while off because I am chasing my tail and, um, you know, I've, I've kept Nicole on and she's still working for me, which is great. She's been absolutely outstanding in the last two years um, because, you know, as I said, the, everybody, every business, every family, that you see some awful things and hear awful stories during COVID. So, you know, if people missing out on their loved ones or there's a death overseas or whatever it might be. So Nicole has stuck through with me, you know, the whole time and is happy to come and, and, and work out at, at Tower Hill as well. So there's Nicole and I, we're trying to catch up on our workload and, you know, we're giving it a bit of a crack. Right, so Hello World's still in business, even though the physical building's not there on the Ferry Street anymore. Correct. Because I had the experience this morning, I thought I'll ring Nick. I actually, um, I had your mobile in my phone. Yep. You didn't answer that, but then I rang the office and you and then Nicole picked it up straight away and I was on to you within a couple of minutes. So. Yeah, that's right, Peter. So we're still there. Um, the, the building, I actually own the building in Ferry Street and I've chosen to rent that out to, to a new business. Jeremy and Sarah O'Donnell are taking it on and um, so... Maybe uh, if you need help with uh, what they do, call in and see them. Um, I'll try and get them onto 3YB as well because they'll need some ads, surely. I just made a note of that. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I watched it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I still own the building, Um, absolutely. Uh, We're trying to, we're keeping our office hours for the the answering of the phone uh, between 9am and 3pm Monday till Friday, so we're still accessible. Emails, look, people may or may not believe this, but I tend to do a hell of a lot more work than the 9am to 3pm. um, those that used to drive down Ferry Street would see me in the office at 6 or 7 in the morning a lot, um, and that was my best time to get work done without interruption. Um, so, yeah, certainly you can still get hold of me. The, basically, we've just relocated. We've just moved address, and we've been a little bit left field, and we've gone to my home, which is a second business as well, yeah. um, instead of being in a CBD location. Well, and it's, it's what we've found here at uh, 3YBFM is that 
a lot of our salespeople actually working from home, and they they're more efficient. Well, they think they're more efficient. <laughs> I don't know if they are, but they, but the job gets done, you know. So the fact from a booking a, a, a tour, and I know you've been uh, talking to Frank Davidson, uh, Alex, who works his dad. He's just booked the tour back to America, I think, with you under these. I can't say that's client confidentiality. Oh, is it? Okay, well we'll just better cut that. Uh, anyway, do you think it's going to rain today? <laughs> I'll just change the subject. Anyway, I'll. Um, I don't know what to say now. But anyway, Nick, congratulations on what you've done. 25 years in the one spot, it's, you thought you probably thought we'll be there forever. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it was my intent. Uh, in 2019, I had the plans drawn up and I had my old man teed up to help me get the renovations done. And I was looking for a new staff member. Um, all the girls I had working for me, you know, um, Maria, um, Melinda and Stacey, they were amazing. So it was awfully sad to see them go. And they've all moved on, got other jobs. And, you know, I knew mm. that they'd be fine because they're all exceptional at what they do. So um, you, you, you just got to look forward. You can't worry mm. about what's happened. Mm. Um, you know, if we all sit around and complain about COVID forever, which I've done a lot of complaining. <laughs> People have probably heard me, but I'm trying not to. Yeah. Um, we're just going to move on. Yeah. So I'll uh, now sell some travel and I'll, you know, start filling rooms out at Harmony. Um, Tell us about Harmony. What, where did this... Uh Tell yeah. us about the business. So ha- Harmony at Tower Hill, it's six school portables that um, Mick and Amanda Fennessy, they, they started the property out there and we've purchased it off them, myself and my wife, Jacinta. Um, so together we're running the um, the new business. Um, I've got a lot of ideas of what I'd like to do out there. Who will uh, use, use it? People coming for holidays? Or yeah, yeah. So locals want a weekend away, but yep, a bit different? Yeah, yeah, probably locals um, would be nice if they came out there. Um, and, you know, it'd be good. We, we may have an open day one day in the future and do some ads on the radio to make sure everyone knows. But... Uh, uh, to know what's out there. So there's six uh, one-bedroom units, which uh, one of them's got um, handicap facilities. Um, we've got a seventh uh, area, which is um, a, a, got a pool table, table tennis table, uh, gas barbecue and an open fire and sort of an indoor-outdoor space, which is really good. So, you know, for private functions, if you've got people coming down that want to travel together and book out the six rooms together, it's, it's perfect. Um, and it's, you know, as I say, it's on the corner of um, Lakeview Road and... Um, Princess Highway just next to Tower Hill um, and it's just got so much potential you know mm. it's um, you know and it's just such a special part of the world Corroit's going ahead leaps and bounds yeah. Port Ferry's yeah. been stunning for years and of course Warrnambool's just mm. 10 minutes away so we're right in the middle of all of that um I'd like to get back into doing a few more groups. I've dabbled in that over the years. I've always taken clients to Africa every year, which I haven't done for a couple of years now. Um, I'd still like to be able to do that in the future. And, you know, also in COVID, I, I did a, a, a group tour from Geelong where I brought people down to Port Ferry. Um, mm. And that went really well. So I've got a lot of options which I can follow up and hopefully get some people down Um to the southwest, and instead of me sending people away, maybe bring people here and put some money yeah. back into the community. Yeah. <laughs> Harmony, so if people are interested, I, I think that it'd be a great little getaway Friday night after work, spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, and come back Monday morning. Yeah, back to work. absolutely. It'd be a great little break. Yeah, absolutely. Open fire and walks through the little Tower Hill. Yeah, yeah. And look, we, we literally get the kangaroos and the emus, not... I haven't seen a koala yet, which worries me. I'm not sure where they are, but we literally get the kangaroos and the emus and a million bloody rabbits, but we can't do much about them at the moment. Yeah. Um, they're in our top paddock. So, yeah. it's you know, if you if you like that sort of tree bush change, which it feels like, and, you know, duck up into Koroit and go to Noodledorf or Mickey Burke's or... Um, any of the businesses there. Um, it, it really is nice and close, and but you would feel like you're anywhere. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty special spot. A website for Harmony, if people want to have a look? Uh, harmony at towerhill.com.au. Right, and I'm about to update it. I haven't done that yet because I've been a little bit tied up sorting Hello World out. But, yeah, we're going to start pushing it and promoting it on Facebook and uh, and fix up the website and maybe even run a few ads through through Oberon Coast. All right, Nick, thanks for coming in. Good on you. Thank I'm, you, I'm really pleased that you've, you've found a way to get through and great that you, you're doing what you're doing. And I wish you well and uh, all the best. Good on you, Nick. Cheers. Thanks, Peter. Peter Heaton on the Great South Coast on this Friday morning. and We're talking to Todd Morgan, the CEO of Outside the Locker Room. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, Peter. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Todd. Tell us about Outside the Locker Room and your involvement down in the southwest. So we, Outside the Locker Room, started in 2015 with ex-AFL footballer Jake Edwards uh, and went through his own struggles with his own mental health and from that created uh, this amazing charity that works right across Australia. And the work we've done through the Great South Coast was with the Western Victorian Primary Health Network. Uh, We were working with the Suicide Prevention Place-Based Trial to work with males 26 and above and, and work out what's going on with their well-being in the area. And it was great to be able to work with the WVPHN, but the work we sort of did with AFL Western District was the biggest down there. And the whole point of Outside the Locker Room is to go into mainly sporting communities uh, and educate them on mental health and, and well-being, but also provide some welfare support to those communities as well. So it wasn't just to the males, it was to the whole sporting club. So that was your coaches, your committee members, your volunteers, male and female, and and all genders were invited to participate in that. And it was great to see the, the positive reception that we got from those sporting communities in the area. So what did you do in the clubs? Did you go and do a presentation after training, or how did that work, Todd? Yeah, great question. So we go in um, after training. I'm a footballer myself, so we always advise that train first, don't cancel training, because if you told me to come down to uh, sport training and I wasn't going to play that sport, I, you know, most people sort of don't turn up. Um, so still train after training we run a, a 45 to 60 minute session and that session focuses on what are the signs and symptoms of mental health how you start the conversation with someone who may be going through a difficult time and then how you support that person and that's two aspects number one is how you can support them yourself uh, or as a group but also what services are in the area or around the nation that you could potentially turn to to provide that support and our sessions are quite interactive, so we would put those questions onto the group and get their responses, because the responses they will be getting Great South Coast, every different club is going to have different responses and different challenges they're potentially facing. So having those uh, activities quite interactive does get great responses that are individualised to that community. At that session as well, what we do is we invite everyone to download the Outside the Locker Room Welfare app, which connects to welfare services, but also resources as well that people can tap into to find out how they may get themselves through a difficult time for the challenge that they're facing, uh, but also different things like you know mindfulness check-ins that they can do, which is like a journal right there on your phone. It keeps the history. You can go back and see how you're either improving or where you might need to reach out for some support. So I guess the important thing now is you've done these presentations at various footy clubs around the region. Uh, the, the, the continued support from outside the locker room is perhaps don't download the app and, and be involved there. Would that be a, the way to go? And that's, the, I guess, the biggest thing for an organisation like ours and a program like ours is we do come in, we run the session, then we're sort of not there all the time. And, and the big thing about our sessions is really trying to encourage that community to really support each other and put uh, procedures and 
support in place that they can reach out to their friends, reach out to their local sporting community and say, hey, I am going through this, can I get some support? Outside the locker room of the app, we are there in, in the background to be able to provide that support uh, and definitely to all the members that are part of those communities is download that app and, and gain those resources in the palm of your hand. So, Todd, if any club wants to be involved with Outside the Locker Room and they want some more information, can they give you a ring or talk to the, the um, Outside the Locker Room people? Definitely. So you just head to our website, which is otlr.org.au. Uh, you can go to book a program for your own community uh, and fill out the expression of interest form. So that form will say potentially what dates you might want to do the sessions, uh, the, the sessions that you can choose from. So we have eight, eight different sessions that communities can reach out for. And then from that, we'll be able to get in contact with yourselves and your community uh, and talk through what exactly occurs at our programs and look at what's going to best suit your community and the education that they're looking for. Oh, well, that's a great um, service to offer. So if any clubs out there that want to get involved with Outside the Locker Room, get onto the website, O-T-L-R. Is that right, Todd? O-T-L-R, that's correct. And and uh, fill out the forms and you can be involved. You'll come out to the clubs and do your presentation and help out the, the community. Correct. All right. Todd Morgan, CEO, Outside the Locker Room. Good work, Todd. Oh, before you do go, uh, just explain the AFL Western District and their involvement with Outside the Locker Room. Yeah, so AFL Western District was fantastic when we were getting down into the Great South Coast and, and really sort of putting out the, the message to their communities to um, have the program at their club. Uh, and it was great for AFL Western District as well to really push this to the umpires' um, communities there uh, in that region. So we actually worked with three different umpires' associations in that region as well as the clubs in the Great South Coast. Uh, and from that relationship, it was great that we will be able to become the, the mental health partner for AFL Western District throughout 2022. So that relationship that we did form back in the start of last year uh, was fantastic to be able to bring into this year as well. All right, a great service. Great work by Outside the Locker Room and AFL Western District. Todd Morgan, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, Peter. Have a good day. That's about it for talk about the Great South Coast on this Friday morning. It's a big weekend of events around the area as well. The Monster Trucks are at the Warnable Showgrounds this Saturday and Sunday. And on Sunday, it's World Environment Day. Uh, and the Kirang Wurong Gundijamara First Nations people are conducting a World Environment Day at Moigel, that's Point Ritchie, 10.30 on Sunday morning. Uh, it will include a welcome to country. There'll be dancing, ceremonies and teachings from the Gundijamara elder people. So that would be worthwhile having a look at on World Environment Day Sunday. Uh, tonight, out at uh, St Bridget's in Crossley, there's a 15 Minutes of Fame event that's been very popular over the past several years. A big netball tournament out at the uh, Val Bertram Stadium is taking place on Sunday. It's the Western Region Netball Championships, so that's from 9am. And then for the Hamden League live match of the day, all roads lead to Victoria Park at Coroit, where the match of the day sees the undefeated Portland Tigers taking on the Coroit Saints in what should be a ripper game out there in Hamden League footy. Uh, and our coverage on 3YB starts at 12 noon with Maddie Stewart and Trent Hill and all the boys. So looking forward to that one as well. Hope you have a great weekend. Peter Heaton talking the Great South Coast.